Unite Wedding Photographers and welcome to Wedding Photographers Unite episode number 113. I'm one of your hosts, Andy Buscemi in good company with the mythical legend himself, Mr. Neil Urban. Hello. Also joined by not Mr. Jimmy Ferrara because we told him that we were going to record tonight and he didn't show up because he had other things that were more important and he pushed our recording time back to 10 o'clock but decided to... Uh, you know, make all of our lives a half hour later tonight. Not Mr. <laughs> uh, instead, we have the wedding photo hangover dudes, Mr. Stephen Van, Van Elk and Dustin Hibben. What's up, gents? How's it going? Nothing much. Just uh, super pumped to be hanging out with you guys tonight. All right. Yeah, I like how we need uh, two guys to replace Jimmy. <laughs> I mean, he talks a lot, so <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we can do anything to jump in probably there. Probably a good thing that it worked out this way. <laughs> You know, yeah. not that we don't love you, Jimmy, because we do. He's probably going to jump on like halfway through, and then the second half of the episode is just going to be him just rambling. How he he's usually... probably at the bar drinking his Trulies right now. Wait, Trulies? Yeah. I thought he just drank like a uh, whiskey. Oh, you didn't listen, listen to the last episode? No, no, he was all about the Truly last episode. Yeah, is that Dustin... like seltzer drink? Yeah. Yeah. Dustin, I listened to the uh, last, latest episode of Wedding Photo Hangover podcast, and you were missing in action. Uh, where have you been lately? What's been was going that, on? What, was that the one where people thought Stephen and Jennifer were going to get divorced on the air? That's apparently <laughs> what... <laughs> it was interesting. There were a couple little moments in there. Uh, where were you, Dustin? What's going on? Uh, you well, I was sitting at my microphone waiting to record a few days earlier. And uh, Stephen, unfortunately, couldn't uh, couldn't record. And I've been traveling like crazy and Stephen's been traveling like crazy. And uh, it's been hard to coordinate this whole podcast thing. Yes. But we, we've been making it work. You know, I know Jen is no Dustin, um, but I'm glad you took took the time out of your busy schedule, Andy, to listen anyways. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> It was good stuff. And so, like, here's the thing, like, uh, Steve, because yeah. Steve does things the right. You guys over there at the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast, you do things the right way. You like you put in all these like sound clips. It was it was beautiful. You had like the car stopping and the oh, horse and all this that, stuff. I, like, I oh, want to believe God. that that was all authentic. That was yeah. all authentic. We actually got in an accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people were honking their horns at us. And we've mm -hmm. gotten minimal feedback that it scared the crap out of listeners who were driving their car when they heard the crashing sounds and the uh, horn honking. So, yeah. So I heard that episode and it was, it was really good, but it was kind of like you, you let that thing happen. Right. Where the, where there was like an accident and then you didn't like address it. You just like came back, like nothing happens. I was like, there was no continuity in there. I didn't, uh, where, where was that? What was that? What we're happened? Then? We're professionals, Andy. I, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, we got an accident, and we're not going to let that deter the show. We're not going to let that derail us, so we just got back to work. We okay. walked home from the place we got in the accident and uh, picked up recording yeah. right when we got back. In, in reality, there was actually two days in between that episode. They mm -hmm. did the first half, and then they did the second half. Oh. But you would never know that. Very good. <laughs> Guys, we are doing a joint episode today. Um, and I'm going to bring up our first, uh, little topic here and let me know, uh, where we go from here. All right. So, uh, in a few days ago in our group, Marie posted, she said, uh, I recently posted a photo on Instagram that received a comment from a local page promoting the area that she lives in. The page wanted to use the photo for social media promotion publications. And then she responded back saying that uh, it would be fine if they use it 
to credit the business in the caption or comment. They responded back saying that they would credit us on social media, but not on the promotions or the publications. So is this something that she should just accept and allow them to use the photo or should she charge a certain amount? What should she do? What would you guys do if if, <laughs> if the venue basically said, um, you know, yeah, we'll we'll use it, but we're not going to credit you. Is that OK with you guys? Can they do that? I mean, they got you by the balls. There's no precedent in U.S. legal in the in the court system for any of this. So, I mean, I guess you're just out of luck there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to hear I want to hear what Neil would do. I wrote it in the uh, in the. In the comment section, let me uh, let me find out what I wrote. Andy, uh, what, what would you do? I, I mean, um, the looks on my, your guys' my... faces were like, Stephen Dustin nailed this one, got it totally right. There's nothing <laughs> photographers can do, no legal recourse no, at all. No, no. Um, I wish I could say that. I don't know what I wrote. It sounded pretty good. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what I wrote. It was, it was so, so good. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know where the where the post is. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. So I mean, it's uh, utterly ridiculous. Andy, Andy, what did I write? <laughs> uh, I don't think that you wrote anything. I think maybe you wrote. Come on, yeah, I did. I at, swear to God, I'm like looking at it right now, and I don't see you having written uh, anything. Oh, did someone delete my comment? Maybe <laughs> it was those, those admins are brutal. <laughs> no, no, I like this. I like this idea. Uh, Neil this was like, not- "Let me look this up." I definitely wrote something, and Andy was like, "I'm going to beat him there and delete it before he can get to it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that has to be what happened. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> I just feel like this time of year, I, I, I like I don't have the the brain. Like, do you guys have have like like at this time of year? It's just like putting. I don't. I can't even form sentences at this time of year. Like, it, like it's just things are out of control. Too much editing. Too much going on. And uh, I don't know. And you know what? It's August just started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like. We're eight months wait. in now. Eight months in. We're more than halfway through the year. We're two-thirds of the way through the year, right? Almost? Not here in New York. Well, kind of, but not How really. many weddings do you guys have left? Oh. I'm like halfway through. Yeah, I'm about halfway through. Should be a little bit more than halfway through, I so, hope. So halfway, so you shoot 50 weddings, so you've got about 25 to go? No, I, I'm pretty on, on at 30. Like, I'm pretty pretty consistent with 30 so maybe i don't even know i'm i mean i'm probably about half more than halfway through that i think i hope so now the story's changing okay <laughs> how many do you shoot uh this year we're only doing 25 nice okay. steve uh jen and i do 25 but the last few years it's been kind of different because i've been leading a lot more so that she can stay home whereas in the past i used to just second shoot so she's she's not doing all the twenty five, but I'm I'm doing most of them. But there's a few days where yeah. like she's in one place and I'm in another place, and we have a video crew in another place, and it's it's been it's been a little crazy this year. Yeah. Well, uh, getting back to just that topic that I brought oh, up. There. Oh yeah, Tom. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're just you know. <laughs> Jen and I were actually contacted uh, today by a local venue who asked basically yes. the same question: Can we use your photos? But they said they would credit us anywhere they use them, including like promotional material and stuff. So uh, mm. this this is really foreign to me that they would be like, yeah, no, we'll credit you here, but we won't credit you there when you specifically ask for it. It's le- I mean, legally, we were joking earlier when we said that you have no recourse. Like, the, you can do it. Like, you just say no. Like at that point, like they're they're disrespecting you, and 
the wedding photography industry, it, it's all about respect. And if they don't respect you, I mean, I guess like if, if it continues to happen, this disrespect, like nobody in the industry will respect you. So like the only way to get that back then is I guess you have to like uh, burn their venue down or something, right? <laughs> that's yeah, that's what I was thinking. Basically, I, so I actually, I kind of want to, I've seen this come up a lot lately. Um, this is this topic. Well, <laughs> not the burning the venue stuff, okay. but there's okay. just the topic of, uh, venues and p- people using images and all these different photographer groups and all that. Um, and I kind of want to just, and I put this out in our group and I kind of want to just, every time I see one of these posts, I just want to throw it out there because I don't really care if somebody uses like the thing that I use when a vendor contacts me, I would rather have more photographers on the same page with like how to respond to venues when they want to use images, you know? Um, no, but seriously though, I feel like I, cause nobody really, I feel like everybody's just like flailing around in the wind once, Oh no, somebody wants to use an image. What do I do? What do I say? What do I charge? You know? Um, so, so you want to build that standard. I, well, at least help people out for the love of God. I feel like like there's so many new photographers that don't that don't know how to respond to these kinds of things, and it's Can like I take it's, a swing so in the dark. Are confused at what too. you're thinking? Yes. Okay. So uh, this is just going to go off of something I did this last winter. Venue reached out to me. They said they loved a photo I had taken uh, for for like Jen and I run two companies. One's like my brand, and the other is like our joint brand. So they reached out to my brand to ask if they could use one of my photos. And I told them I'd have to get back to them. And then um, I did the thing where, like, you say, hey, email, bring this up in, like, a day or two because I'm too busy right now. And then I'll look at it and take care of it. Uh, And I accidentally set it for 30 days and not one day. And so then I just never got back to them for 30 days. And then when I finally got back to them, they're like, oh, sorry, we moved on. We we used somebody else's photos. Is that what you're going to recommend? <laughs> That's pretty much what I was going to suggest. You just wait and then lose the opportunity. Um, but no, uh, what I actually did, like, write and respond back in the group is that, you know, my usual saying. And if you guys, I'm curious to see, like, how this differs from maybe, like, what you would write, um, uh, you know, just in general. Because I'm wondering if, you know. Anyway, this is what I write. I say, so, hey, venue, um, you know, you can take a look at the work from the couple's wedding here. Let me know the image numbers that you're interested in using Um, for social media. This is what you can do. And then I have a little thing. Using a non-watermarked image with photo credit included for each image and post is okay. So I'm basically, you know, spelling it out. For social media, cool. Just put my name there. I don't really expect to get, you know, I'm not going to charge for that personally. Maybe some people want to try and do that, but I think that's kind of a rare thing. Um, And then for the second half of that, I said for website, for brochure, for signage, for anything else, if requested, I'll provide a watermarked version. That's okay for usage, but you must include the watermark as provided. If you'd like to use something without a watermark for the website, brochure, signage, or anything else, just let me know the intended usage and I'll turn around a reasonable quote for you. Thanks. Explanation point, keeping it positive. You know, you know what? That's right. I didn't comment because it felt like I wrote what you wrote. <laughs> mm. So that's okay. a very good All response. Right. But what does that? How does that differ from like what you guys do? Like, do you let um, you know uh, v- vendors use it on social media just with a tag, even though that never brings business back away, almost ever? Never. Um, or or do you try and charge for that? Or uh, how does how does what you would say to a vendor maybe differ from what I what I wrote there? Uh, I mean, I, so my approach to vendor relations in terms of image usage is uh, I simply 
point them to the gallery that has all of the photos. Uh, I tell them, I share with them a link on how to uh, share with me their list of favorites. And then I just email them over uh, when I have time, those photos with watermarks, um, with our social media accounts in the email. And if, and I say in the email, if you were hoping to use these for print collateral or anything above and beyond social, just let us know. We'd be happy to have that yeah. conversation. Similar then. Yep. We just, mm -hmm. we have one venue in town that are kind of assholes and we, we don't share with them um, because the first wedding we did there, it's like a newer, newer venue. So they're kind of um, trying to be really aggressive on social media because no other venue is really doing that. Mm. And so every wedding, they always contact the photographer and they say, Hey, can we get the gallery of all the photos? And I said, yep, here it is. Just like I do with any vendor. And they said, Oh, no, um, and then I sent them the photos that they requested and they said, Oh, we, we don't want the uh, watermarks on these. And I said, um, I'm sorry, that's going there, but they're still for social media, but we'll tag you on social media. And they are notorious for not tagging anyone on social media. And so, uh, I said, uh, I'm sorry that you're going to have to go through the bride then because I'm super busy and I just kind of blew them off. You're going to have to go through the bride then? Well, what kind of because, customer experience uh, are you creating for your bride now, Dustin? Now your bride's going to get assholed. That's fine. Her vendor was being an asshole. I did not have time to deal with that. I'm going to push a known asshole onto my client's lap because I don't want to deal with it. Jeez. Yeah. That's... Steve, does your does your approach differ at all, or is it similar? I I hate I hate watermarks on images. I hate it, hate it, hate so it. So do I. Um, and that, but that's why I do it that way. Because and they they gotta hate it too, right? But mm -hmm. then because they hate it so much, then they want to buy it, right? Yeah. I like. Yeah. I uh, Steve doesn't like money though. I, I hate money. I hate money so much. Um, Jen and I typically, if like a if a vendor reaches out to us and offers to purchase the photos from us. A lot of times we'll be really good about getting photos back to them. And typically if they do something like that, we would give them the photos for free just because they offered in the first place. Um, maybe I shouldn't be sharing this. How many vendors listen to this podcast? Uh, but if a vendor were to reach out and just be like, can I get the photos? Then it becomes more of a thing where it's like, I don't even know if I'm going to respond to this or if I'm going to be like, hey, uh, we actually don't share photos or whatever. Um, I just... Like the, the, the big problem with the people who reached out to me about the photo they wanted to use of mine was uh, they wanted to use it for free and they wanted it like with, they wanted it, they were willing to have it with a watermark, but they would prefer it without one. And I was like, I would give it to you without a watermark, like right now, because we've worked with you a bunch of times. You guys are super nice. We like you a lot and it's not really a big deal to me. I don't think I'm ever going to get any business from you or anything, but I mean, I just... I would give it to you if, like, you have, like, a little thing up that just says, like, hey, this is shot by Stephen Van Alk. Um, and they said they weren't going to do that. And so, like, the reason why I put it, like, and marked it as, like, I'll get back to this tomorrow is because I had to make a decision about whether or not I wanted to add my watermark, which I really didn't want to do. And if I was going to add my watermark, I was going to have to see, like, how do I want to go about doing this? Because I've never done it before, because I've never been in a situation where somebody wanted to use my work without crediting me and also didn't really want to pay me, which is kind of why I let it just slide for 30 days and then got back to them. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm, 
like <laughs> they had gone to somebody else and i was okay with that because like i don't we've given like albums out to venues to use as like things to show like their clients and like put like our watermark in the front and stuff and like I, I don't feel like it works. I don't feel like you ever get much back from it. No, so I, I really like do. what you were saying, Andy, about like, hey, you can pay me for this. <laughs> and so, just maybe starting to say that all the time. But I mean, I feel like you got to get into licensing then too, because uh, I feel like you, you guys were discussing on one of your recent podcasts, Andy, you said something about having one of your photos on a site for a bridal store, one of the biggest bridal stores in New York. Yeah, it was on the for it was up for one year it was on Kleinfeld Bridal, which is yeah. the number one new store in New York City that was on that reality TV show or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had it on there for a year and I was like, "Yeah, sure, use my image f- for free and just put my name underneath there and and zero contacts." Not, yeah. not once did the bride did contact they, did they at least give you a link back to your website for SEO so there, purposes there wasn't even a link back it was just Ooh. my name under the photo yeah I probably I was I was young and dumb when that happened it was like one of my second, uh, second year shooting or something like that and I didn't really know how usage in the commercial world worked at that point mm-hmm. um, and it was in the wedding photography section of that so I was like well you know maybe I'll get a few weddings like high-end New York City brides because of this and not once not one time did somebody look at the image and then say hey who is the photographer and then google me and contact me not once you know so um so so that i learned a lesson on that that i'm like you know what it does absolutely nothing so because it does nothing i'm at least going to charge something for it um if somebody wants to use an image um depending on the scale and if it's regional or if it's you know larger and then you get into all the usage uh issues you know so i guess it all depends on the venue too you know there are there are a couple venues that they just send us brides nonstop and absolutely use my images however you guys want if Mm -hmm. you guys continue doing that you know if you want to send me five to ten brides per per year i mean do the math you know i'll I'll make much more money off, off of those weddings versus uh you know, selling, selling an unwatermarked image to them for mm-hmm. usage for a year. Um, but if there, there are, uh, if there are venues that don't put me on the vendor list or don't send me any brides at all, then no, you, you get the, uh, you get the, you know, the watermark image. Right. So I have a question for you though. Uh, so Jen and I got a contact today from somebody who said we were on a preferred vendor list for a venue we've never worked with before, never shot at. <laughs> totally totally so, awesome that's, right that's pretty amazing to make that yeah. list having never shot there before it's incredible <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, i don't talented. even know who the people are who work there um i don't know how we got on this list the closest thing we can think is they asked like a wedding planner who were like some good photographers or whatever um so like would you for a client like that if they like a, a venue like that would you consider like your first wedding there giving them something then like because they were recommending you before you had even shot there. Like, absolutely. Like, oh yeah, yeah definitely. And that I case, mean, I, yeah. I, would, I would give it maybe like, um, like six, six to 12 months. I would, but if, if, if you don't book a wedding there, like within 12 months, then, you know, just, you, you gotta go say, Hey, you cut off. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. If it was like a definite referral or two, like absolutely coming from them, you know, like that their hands out, like, sure. I mean, that's that there's more value to that mm-hmm. than, than what I would be charging per image. But, but for the other venue, you know, these other venues that are just contacting you after the wedding that are like, maybe even in a different part of the state, you'll never even be in again. Um, you know, I'm, 
you know, then you got to charge for that. Or like, cause there is no value. There's no value for me to me taking the time to going through and, and figuring out what the, you know, after you select the images, I, I pick them out and then send them your way and then watermark them. If you want to use them, like there's not much value, uh, to me to, to do that. Um, especially if they don't want to use the watermark. So actually I got, this is actually yesterday. I got a message from a venue, um, you know, saying, Hey, blah, blah, blah. This is so-and-so from so-and-so venue. Can we use, um, this, uh, photograph? Um, and she sends me a, a shot that I took a few, and this is like a wedding back in like 2015 or something. And I, and you know, I'm going to have to go back and dig into the archives to like find this image. And, uh, so I responded back pretty much like what I just said with that previous thing. Hey, so-and-so, uh, no problem. I'll provide you a copy with a watermark. If you'd like to use a version without a watermark, I try to keep rates reasonable at such and such a price under a few hundred bucks an image for regional use. Let me know if you'd like to go in either direction with it. And thanks. Positive uh, exclamation point, keeping it positive. And then she responds back. She's like, if we pay, the, the, the price, um, can we get color and black and white? And I respond back, of <laughs> course. Um, so how do we do this then? Send a check? And I'm like, no, I'll send you an online invoice. So I, so I sent her the online invoice. And then after I send the online invoice, she says, if we credit you underneath the photo, would it still be such and such a price? So she's like going back and like not wanting to pay the invoice after I've already <laughs> sent the invoice, right? <laughs> like, like, hey, if we credit you, can we, do we not have to pay this? And no, I specifically said, so I, so I respond it back. Hey, just sent the invoice for social media using a non-watermarked image with photo credit is okay. For anything else, I'm happy to provide a watermarked version, but it must include the watermark as provided. And then she responds back, hi, Andy, we never got the invoice, <laughs> even though I <laughs> sent her the damn invoice to both email addresses that she wanted me to send it to. Um, and then eventually they, they paid the invoice and, um, you know, I sent, sent the images. So, so they wanted it, they wanted the images, right. But just, they didn't want the watermark. And that's why I send it the way that I do, because, you know, if you want to use it for free and you, and my, and you want to use the ugly version with my watermark, then by all means, go ahead. My name's definitely going to be on there. And if for some reason you didn't, then you get, you have grounds for illegal action because mm. they are not following suit with what you, what you gave them usage for Right. Yeah. Um, did so, you put a, did you put a time frame on that? Like a year, two oh, years? No, no, I do no. unlimited. You know what? It's regional use. You know, for pay, life. Pay, pay me one time and leave that up there for the rest of. I don't really care. You know what I mean? Oh, that was for their actual like venue, though, like on the wall, right? Yeah. They, if they, it was they, a website, oh, okay. would it be a licensed? Well, like, they use? Can, yeah, so they want to use it like on their brochure that they're going to put okay. together for packets when brides come in. Like, and it's going to be like right on probably the main thing or whatever. But like, fine. I don't, you know, like you paid me one time. At least acknowledge that my work is worth something for the love of God. You know, like um, if you're going to end up doing that. So, mm -hmm. um, so I got paid something. I mean, it's not not a crazy amount of money, like under a few hundred bucks. You know what I mean? But um, but it's something. You know, I mean, because otherwise I'm not there's no value to that unless they're going to specifically refer me. And if I told them, yeah, sure, go ahead and put my name underneath the images. How many weddings would I get from that? None. You know, <laughs> OK, so get this. There, there's a there's a venue that um, you know, I, I give them a watermarked image uh, to use for social media. And what do you know? On one of the most popular it's located on one of the most popular streets in here in Western New York, in Buffalo, New York. And they have a sign printed sign out on the street with my image with the watermark on it <laughs> like this is having a, a printed sign on the street is not social media <laughs> so what did you do How did well you police that? I, 
I'm I'm too damn busy right now. You see I him. just I, no, I just left it. I was like, oh god, that's horrible. That's free advertising. Know, oh, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, but but you know what? The the guy who contacted me, he's he's an older guy. He he doesn't know. I, I don't think he he really knows what the, what the difference between social media is and media. All that stuff. So I just, I just kind of had to laugh and shake my head. But you know what? But you know what? They've already sent a couple of weddings my way, so I'm not, uh, I'm not gonna complain about it too much. It was just one of those shake my head as I drove by kind of thing. You should just, you should tell him you'll, you'll pay to have a bigger sign made for him of your image with in, with in a high resolution watermark in high resolution that you'll gladly put out front for them just just actually just info. pay to have a bigger watermark made for them right <laughs> if, if we curve the uh, the question back around though so if you're uh if you're just starting out as a photographer how do you uh how do you identify the venues you want to work with because we talked a lot about like relationships and building relationships and like mm-hmm. places you want to work with letting them use your work. How do you, how do you identify those? If maybe like you're just starting out and you've only shot at a few venues and like, you don't really know which venues are good or bad or anything like that. Is that something that you feel like it's okay to like talk to other photographers in your area? Like, like say you, there's like a local, like Buffalo, New York, Facebook wedding photographers group. And you just posted it and you're like, Hey, um, this venue asked to use my thing. Is that a good idea? Is it a, is it a good idea to even post to the Facebook group to like get other photographers opinions or like how how close do you play that to the sleeve, and like how do you identify like places you want to be in? There's a fine line there. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't contact a local photography group. I would mm-hmm. contact maybe a close couple close friends that I knew in the area. Um, and definitely, if if I were new, I would probably check out the reviews of the place. If I've never been there, if I, if I never work, want to work there, um, but I mean, if if it's if it's a really well known place, then I would definitely jump on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problem is, is uh, when you say the 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 Buffalo or the Western New York uh, photo chat group, that you know, like all these groups, you have the wide gamut of experience and and people mm-hmm. that are in there, and you post a question like that, and you're gonna get, you know, you're gonna get the wide gamut of responses in terms of in terms of all that. So yeah, I mean, sometimes you do. It is better to. It depends on it depends on what you're asking. You know, if if you want to, you know, get. It, as far as like posting that to like the local group. Cause there is like, um, I'm all about like being open and honest, even when Neil and I, we first started doing this podcast, we're like, you know, do we really want to kind of like inform the competition in our area of like exactly what we're doing, you know? And, but it, like the reality is, is like all this stuff is out there on YouTube anyway. It's all out there, you know, to some level, mm-hmm. some extent or another. So like we might as well do it and be known as kind of leaders in our area, right? And then grow by doing it, you know, because we were continuing to do it. We're, you're talking to other people and and that you, I think you learn best by teaching. And because we learn best by teaching, you know, a lot of these topics and ideas as they come up in our business on a day-to-day life, we're just better at, at our job and our craft and the business and all that kind of stuff, you know, before having done it. So, um, you know, but, but there is like, when it comes to like, I'm even pretty open on the podcast about like pricing. Sometimes I even put out there like what I charge and what I'm trying to, but not all the time. Like there are some things that, that you do kind of want to, you know, that are like, I didn't mention like the price of what I'm charging for, for, for the image, you know, for that, for that, you know, so there are some things that, that maybe, you know, you don't need to reveal everything, you know, about Mm -hmm. what we're doing, but, but I guess it depends on the topic. Right. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Do you guys uh, do you guys uh, reveal the, the price of how much you charge for your last wedding on your podcast, Dustin? How much sure. did you make on your last wedding? Uh, Ten thousand two hundred and sixty-five dollars. Okay. There might have been some change in there too. Okay. Nice. Uh, um, for me, it's probably only around three thousand because I was the primary shooter. When Jen's the primary shooter, it's so much more expensive. She's so oh, I was second shooting too. Oh, I should yeah. mention that. I was <laughs> you personally shooting. made ten thousand two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> second shooting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Steep yeah. rates over here in Indiana. Nice. <laughs> Are you guys from the same area? Are you guys? Uh, Dustin comes from a podunk town called Fort Wayne, and I come from a podunk town called Noblesville. We're about two hours apart. Okay. Similar, to, simil- similar to Buffalo. Do you, say, do you ask if okay. we were competition, okay. Neil? Yeah. Uh, not really, but every once in a while, Dustin does indie weddings, which I'm like 30 minutes outside of indie, and every once in a while, Jen and I do Fort Wayne weddings. And every okay. once in a while, Dustin shoots for us, or we'll shoot for him, or whatever. Oh, that's know, cool. If somebody's nice. sick or whatever. Dustin's yeah. one of the few photographers we like really trust in the area. So, Yeah, when I was listening to last week's episode with Jen, Steve, sorry, boys, uh, you mentioned something about when you hire second shooters, you like them to play to their strengths, so you mm-hmm. just let them yeah. play. So when I did that wedding for you a couple years ago, and you're like, Dustin's just so good, I'm just going to let him take the whole wedding and not show up. Was mm-hmm. that you just letting me play to my strengths? It definitely had nothing to do with me being in the ER with my daughter. Yeah, definitely. Right. Definitely just, just me being like, Dustin's better than me. He should come shoot this wedding. You know, yeah. I shouldn't do it. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to yeah, you get that it. out there. I'm, I'm glad we got that out there in the public. <laughs> Steve, does, um, does Dustin's headphones and jacket match every time that you guys record, or is that just special tonight? Uh, oh, I try I to mean, match my headphones to Steve's, like, the bill of his hat, so we kind of have some branding going on there well mm-hmm. a lot of times dustin will dye his hair orange as well um so then it kind of like makes it just look like he has these two earmuffs on each side and like the mm-hmm. headband of the uh headphones <laughs> blends in with his hair but apparently he took a shower today or something it's gross <laughs> just for you guys <laughs> so beautiful guys i love it i absolutely love it uh, hey uh before you guys came onto this podcast earlier this morning i said hey reminder we're gonna record tonight and i said everybody bring a topic so uh dustin i want to know what is your t- pre-planned topic that you have ready to go right now when i ask you this question well i had your two topic? things in yes. mind one that steve forced down my throat and then the other one uh they actually came up at a wedding a couple weeks ago it's not really so much a topic but more just a social interaction curious how you as two famous uh nearly celebrity style photographers <laughs> would handle um so you're at a wedding all right walk with me through this scenario <laughs> you're at a wedding you're at the reception portion of the event right you're both nearly famous when it comes to the wedding world you're shooting the reception and some random ass guest walks up to you and they go, Andy Buscemi, Neil Urban. Oh my gosh. I knew that was you from across the room. And so now you're playing that game. You're racking your brain. You're like, shit, is this a groom I photographed? Is this, was this a groomsman? Is this my cousin? I don't know. Um, so, so you're playing that game and then they're like, I, they're like, I don't think you actually know who I am, but I follow you on Instagram. Mm. And that's the end of that conversation. And I, where do you take it from there? I, so this happened to me and I was just like, cool, man. That that's awesome. Are yeah. you engaged? <clears throat> no, no, not engaged. Great. So, so very interesting. 
years ago, this is like, you know, this is like four years ago, something like that. I'm out map shooting this wedding. And that's like one of those venues where there's like two weddings going on kind of a thing. And I'm shooting this wedding and this girl comes up to me and, you know, and I, and we introduced, you know, you say hi to the other photographer and I like over, we say hi to each other. And she's like, what's your name? And my name's, my name's Andy. She's like, what's your, what's your last name? I'm like, my name's Andy Buscemi. And literally, and I'm not even just saying this, like this literally, I've never felt more like a beetle in my life. This girl's like, oh my God, you're Andy Buscemi. And she right. literally like, um, it, it was, it was ridiculous. It was crazy, you know, like just like her response and her reaction. I felt like I was like a beetle. I was like, she's like, I'm doing what I'm doing because of you and and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's. And, but what do you say to that? You're like, oh, thanks. Um, I appreciate that. There's nothing that you can really even say. I'm like, thanks a lot. I'm just a guy with a camera. Mm-hmm. Take care. Have a good one. <laughs> you know, like you inspired um, her. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But what do you what do you say yeah, to that? It's like there's yeah, nothing really, really to say. So I just walked I've, away. I've never felt more like a rock star than, than that moment. The, the girl was fangirling over me. Um, I think this is what you say. Look, um, I am Andy Buscemi uh, of the Wedding Photographers Unite podcast. I don't know if you've heard of that. Here's the URL, and here's the URL for our merch page, and here's the URL for our Patreon. And, <laughs> you know, if you could just go ahead and sign up. I also do, uh, you know, one-on-one educational mentorships, and I, I would love to to get you down for some of that time. It's just a thousand dollars an hour. Um, and I don't take any new clients on if they're not willing to do, you know, 10 sessions with me at two hours a piece. Neil, what do you do when a girl fangirls all over you? Andy, how, Andy, how did we meet? Or boy, or boy. Eight years ago. Oh, whoa. Interesting. Interesting topic. Neil just Neil just asked me how did I meet him, and I was fangirling all over Neil when I first met Neil. We were at we were at one of those uh, we were at the 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 Buffalo wedding venue of venues where there's ten weddings going on at the same location, and we were both wedding. I was like, remember I was I was walking out to my car I think to get a tripod or something, Mm -hmm. and uh, there was not uh, not another. Another photographer working with a bride and groom, and all of a sudden I hear my my name get yelled out across the parking lot. Like, yep. who is this loud guy with the same haircut <laughs> as I have? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but 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 we did chat like online before that though. So right, right. Definitely knew who you were. But you know, I I just kind of keep it really simple. I say really nice to meet you. And um, what's what's really weird is when you really 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 feel cool like a celebrity is when they actually want to take a selfie with you. Yes. Wow. Special. <laughs> but no, you just ask them if they're having a good time, and um, it's, it's so nice to meet them in person, and you know, hope to you know see you know. Well, you know, like in, the the serious side of this is when that happens. That means that all the marketing stuff that we do, like in the name and the branding that we do is working. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, cause I remember when I first started shooting, there were like a couple photographers in our area, Neil being one of them, you know, but there were, there were, there were a few photographers in my area that I was like, Whoa, that guy, you know? And like, you like there's the branding thing and all that kind of thing. And, um, and now when I look back on it, I'm like, oh, okay, that that's just the marketing that just kind of was doing its job basically. Right. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it, there is 
associated, our names are associated with our work and the style and how we present ourselves online and all that kind of thing, you know? If the marketing so, was really working, it'd be happening more often, right? Right. Yeah, yeah that's true. Got to double down yeah. on all your marketing now. Well, dude, 100%. And when you look at like, 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 uh, like celebrity photographers in our world, like when you look at a Sam Hurd or somebody like that, that really is just destroying it on social media. Um, his, his branding is just, is just, you know, at that level times 10, right? It's like, it's like something works about the way he's shooting, the way he's presenting himself and all that kind of thing, all in this package that, um, the branding really just kind of works. So, so I met Sam Hurd. He did uh, photos of Jen and I, and, um, when I met him, I was, uh, second shooting for my wife, but not really into wedding photography at all. And I had no idea who he was. And I was just like, oh, this photographer's super nice. And Jen was like, he's basically like a famous photographer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, I just thought he was a super cool guy. He was like talking us through, like he, he went through like throughout the entire shoot and was like, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm doing this. And it was like, it felt like I was at his workshop when we were just doing an engagement shoot with him. Cause he like explained everything and it kind of mm-hmm. like changed going forward for me the way I approach like engagement shoots and stuff where in the past I would just be like, Hey, I want you guys to do whatever. And then like I'd shoot it or whatever. And then like after that, I was like, maybe I need to be more hands-on and like kind of explain to them um, what it is that I'm doing and why I'm doing it and what I'm hoping to achieve so that they have an idea. And if it works out, then I might show them a photo from the back of the camera. <laughs> and if it like doesn't work out, a, then I'm just like, well, I'll move on. That's like going to a magic show, Steve. That's like going to a magic show. And then the magician's like, so this is the trick I'm about to perform. Um, here, see those strings there? Those are going to drop down. The secret door opens. No, man, you just take the picture and then you show them the back of the camera. And they're like, oh, my God, that's amazing, Stephen Van Elk. I didn't know you had that in you. I'm I guess I could do it that way too. Yeah. 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 The magic inside me is Mm -hmm. what I need to save. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. Don't give it all away. Not to everybody. Save some. Yes. Uh, Stephen (laughs) Bennett. Save some of the magic for the wedding night. (laughs) They won't buy the cow if they're getting the milk for free. Is that what you're saying, Dustin? That's what I'm saying, man. Stephen Van Elk, uh, the topic that you brought to the table tonight is? The topic I brought to the table tonight. Um, so <laughs> Matthew Dartford wrote in our, fa- in our Facebook group, the Wedding Hangover Facebook group, um, and he shared a Reddit post, and he asked us if we could discuss that. And the Reddit post is about non-disparagement clauses. Somebody on Reddit wrote that they were planning their wedding, and they just got the prospective photographer's contract. And there's a non-disparagement clause in the contract, which concerns them as somebody trying to book a photographer. Um, and they said this photographer has been featured on their venue's website. They post their current work on Instagram. And they seem to be very busy during the wedding season. So they have no reason to be concerned by the communication they've had with the photographer. And they have been very professional thus far. And uh, this person said they attempted to reach out to their venue's coordinator, but she's currently out of the office for the week. And they just wanted to check in with people online, uh, specifically with wedding photographers, because they posted in the r slash wedding photography subreddit, um, to see if this is normal. Do photographers include non-disparagement clauses? So I was really curious. Uh, Andy and Neil, you guys working in New York, it seems to be 
seems to be a bigger market and maybe a more competitive market than here in Indiana. Do you guys have non-disparagement clauses? Mr. Urban, why don't you take that one first? Uh, no. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, can you no. describe a non-disparagement clause one more time just for the sake of myself? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll read through. They, they actually posted the entire non-disparagement clause on, on Reddit. Okay, so the, the client agrees that they will not at any time make directly or indirectly any oral or written public statements that are disparaging of said photography company and shall refrain from making any false, negative, critical, or disparaging statements slash reviews implied or expressed concerning the photography company, including but not limited to limited to communication style, methods of doing business, its products or services, the quality of products and services, the role of the company in the community, and any of its present or former independent contractors. The clients further agree to do nothing that would damage the business's reputation or the goodwill of the photography company. Wow. Yeah. No, I don't have that. Um, go ahead and slander me. Slander me. <laughs> slander my business. Tell tell everybody what a horrible photographer I am. Um, I've always just felt like you know if you if you you know if you kill it right if you just over deliver and you over deliver on your personality and love and all that kind of stuff with your clients. Generally, you you generally don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. However, there are crazy human beings and crazy individuals out there, and that's why we have contracts that say the things that they do, like what you just read. And probably I should have that in there with all the stuff that I have in my contract anyway. That's just for the crazy people, right? Um, yeah, it, I probably should have that in there, but I don't. And I understand exactly why somebody would have that in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If, if I was, you know, I'm confident in our, our, uh, the way we, you know, handle our clients and the way we, we treat people, um, and the way we deliver our work and quality of work. If, if I was a company that if I had like multiple photographers working for me that I have no control over, that's when I would put something like that in there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But uh, when it's just my wife and I, and we're very, very hands-on, and we get to know our, our clients, just like I'm sure all you guys do, um, I, I, I don't think I have to worry about that too much. And if I do, I'm very good friends with our lawyer, and I will call him and have him deal with the situation after that. Nice. Now, did, you, did you guys have that in there, or is this something you're now considering because that's been going around? Um, Jen and I have not ever had anything like that in there, just because feels dirty to include a non-disparagement clause. <laughs> mm, mm. Like uh, how, how would, how would I feel if I was booking somebody and they said, Oh right. yeah. Also, if I screw up big time and do a terrible job, you're not allowed to say I screwed up big time and did a terrible job. Like mm, mm. I feel like that's, I feel like but there's something wrong that. with that. They're not saying that you can't say, they're just saying, come to us, let us rectify this. Don't take it to the court of public opinion. If that's how you interpret it, Dustin, that's great. Um, a court of law, I think, would interpret it as you're not allowed to say shit. So, right, it's backing you up. If somebody say, for example, you deliver an album and they thought they were getting forty pages in their contract and packages for thirty pages, and they're batshit crazy, and they're like, "Well, holy shit, this photographer cheated me. He's an asshole. I'm gonna blow him up on the interwebs." 
Well, see, the thing is, is that that's what online reviews are for. That's what a referral word of mouth is for. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if you have a, a past of treating clients badly in the, in the past, then it's going to get around to people. It's going to get around on the web as well. If I were to hire a photographer that had that in their contract, it would probably raise a red flag for me. Yeah. I would probably mm-hmm. like, okay, these, these people have probably went through something in the past. I'm going to think on, you know, I'm going to think a day or two of hiring them. And in that day or two, I'm going to do some research, ask around, search the forums, all that good stuff. And then uh, see what I can find. So you guys have never had a crazy bride that you've been like fearful that this is the one. This I've is had the one, one that, or two, that but ruins we, it all. I've had, I've had, I've had not not so much the bride, probably the, like the mother of the bride. Um, I've had a couple of those, but um, we diffuse the situation pretty quickly. By depends on the situation. Yeah, you know, like the way that contracts are are written or the way that we can write our contracts. Sometimes it's just the language that's used, right. And, and, and some of my first versions of the contracts that I had going, like different sections were like that written in this like hard kind of way that was like saying something that, um, you know, the couple can or can't do, or that I was going to deliver on and, or take my time with or something like that. And, since then I've kind of realized that like a lot of that stuff, I, and I always go over the contract with the couple. Like I always do that at all my, even my initial consults, I do that at initial consults or at least the points that I want to talk about, but I kind of humanize it. You know, when I talk about it, even if the language looks kind of like, kind of, you know, by the, by the numbers or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've since kind of like decided to like go back into some of those sections and make the, the, the language, even though it's saying something, make it say the same thing, but make it sound a little bit nicer, you know, because that can turn somebody off from, from our business. You know, like if I was hiring somebody and I'm looking like, like Neil with what you just said, if I'm looking at some contract and, and I'm, I think two photographers, their quality work is about equal and I'm deciding between them. And one is, is really kind of intense. Um, I might consider to go with, uh, the photographer that, that, you know, has things said a little bit more plainly, right. Um, maybe, uh, you know, or if, depending on what, what they have in there, what they don't. Right. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I actually kind of want to go back into some, my, some of my contract and just make things a little bit softer the way that it said, but essentially saying the same exact thing. And really we should be checking all this stuff over with lawyers before we do anything and, and all that. But, um, but lawyers are know, marketers and what you're talking about is using your contract as marketing, which I, I agree with. I feel like it is a part of it because we've had clients come back to us on contract stuff because it turned them off or whatever right. and ask it's us part about of our it. Brands. It's part of our brand. You know, if, if we want, um, if the next time we go out to a wedding and we're shooting at a venue um, where there's other um, photographers and we want them to fangirl or fanboy all over us, um, you know, that's part of it, right? If we have, if they have the contract, that, that oh, could right. do it. So you're it actively going there. out and seeking shooting positions where you could get fangirled or fanboyed on by oh, other photographers. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Isn't that the point of what we're doing? You know, it's, it's not just about the money, right? It's about the fame and the glory. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you guys some like weird questions from Facebook? Oh yeah, we're ready. Let's do some Q and A. But, but Steve. Okay, so this one comes from just a completely, totally random Facebook group. Um, and Mike asked, "What is the explanation for the ladder prop?" <laughs> random Facebook group, just random. Don't even know where it came from. Neil, did you want to take this one? 
You know, you know, I saw that. I saw I, I, that. I, Neil's I, answer was good, and it makes sense. But I saw that, and I didn't know what the hell this person was talking about. I was like, like I literally felt like it was somebody asking the question, "What is the reason for the um, for the melon in the corner of the room?" I was like, "Why is this person posting this in this Facebook group? What is he even talking about?" You know, <laughs> but but then I just, through I the just same random Facebook groups, we are. What's that? Are you digging through the same random Facebook groups we are for these questions? <laughs> yes. This, this, by the way, is in the Wedding Photographers Unite Facebook group. This oh, no, no. Let's be nice. Let's be nice. This person could be a listener, so we we got to be nice and respectful. Oh yeah, no, so. absolutely. But but I didn't. But I didn't put two and two together. Honestly, like I didn't. And even like the other people responding on that, and they were like, "Well, it could be this, could be that." I didn't put two and two together until Neil, you responded today, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we do use those in kind of cool and creative ways." Um, so I, I might be somewhat obsessed with ladders if you guys can see uh, behind me. You guys, you guys see that stuff back there? All those fancy ladders. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, I, I I love them. I wonder if this question was like kind of geared towards me because I use them so much. I, I was kind of I was kind of wondering that. Yeah, I mean, I included it because of your response to the person. <laughs> Well, I just showed an example of how I use ladders and, you know, and a couple explanations. But my first response, I had about 20, I had about 20 something explanations of uh, how much I like, I'm glad I like, I like to use ladders. But man, I think I only put like seven or eight. <laughs> so, so let's get them. Let's get the full 20 here on the podcast. <sighs> Number 20. <laughs> Number 20. Start Counting from the down. bottom. <laughs> And work it, work your way up the ladder. Really, you want me to go? Want me to go through them? Okay. For one, if you have big groups in a very small space, very easy to pose people. People like to be higher up; they feel more confident. Um, but see, if I can push if back if, on that, Neil, that makes you the yep. photographer lower down in comparison. Now you've oh, lost right. your you have confidence. Step stools. I have step stools <laughs> <laughs> because they come in all different shapes and sizes. And man, they are cheap as hell. I have not paid over 20 bucks on one of these nice ladders in in the background. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have texture. They have character. Um, Let's see. Oh, you can find them almost anywhere. Flea markets, estate sales, uh, antique shops. They're all there. No matter which store you go to, they always have a ladder, I guarantee you. Um, Can can I just stop now? Do you think you can stop now? You can stop. (laughs) Just getting dresses, even in kids, you, they have like those little wooden step ladders for kids, uh, for families. Oh my gosh, I always have step ladders around, and they're mobile. You can bring them with you. And think of it this way: they're staircases that are collapsible, so they take up absolutely no room in your room. Well, that uh, Mike, what else, guys? How much else do you want? For the, I'm going to write a book ladder. on on ladders. I'm going to create a YouTube page just on photographing with ladders. Do you think like every every podcast episode, more and more letters start appearing in the back of Neil's screen there, and then just by by you know by, by next year at this time, <laughs> there's just ladders surrounding him. Room. You just need or to sell closer. your own ladder, the Neil Urban Legacy Ladder. Yes, and then when people fangirl or fanboy out on you, you can just be like, oh yeah, go check out neilurban.ladders.com, where you I can should. sell them all your ladders. It's it's mm-hmm. a perfect ladder for the photographer. <laughs> so kind of kind of kind of a similar vein uh sarah from a random facebook group also asked i see a lot of boudoir shoots 
with polls. Can someone explain why? Neil, do you want to take this one too? No. (laughs) (laughs) So this this one's kind of real and kind of interesting. That was was just a joke when I found out. I didn't think we'd have much to say on that, but Steph from a random Facebook group actually asked, uh, I showed up to a wedding reception after the guests had been let into the room. They weren't supposed to be in for another 30 minutes. I obviously didn't get an empty room shot. I asked the venue coordinator if there's any way to clear the room, and she just laughed and walked away. I tried taking a bunch of photos, thinking I could Photoshop a composite together, but that was foolish, and after a few hours of staring at all the photos, I realized it would (laughs) never work. What can I do in the future to clear the room when the guests are let in early? Talk to your bride and, bride and groom, Tom, that you need to be back uh, to the rehearsal about 15, 20 minutes before um, cocktail hour starts. So you can take details of the room. Or have your second shooter go over there and do that before mm-hmm. cocktail opens. Or um, if they have just, their own car. Or just let it be, to be honest. That's one of those things that I I feel like I was listening to you guys a while ago now. And I think, like, Dustin, you guys are, like, really into, like, getting, like, the clean room shots or the open room. And I heard about – and I just heard you kind of going on about, like, making that shot happen. And I I just don't do that. I just kind of, like – if I go in, if it's, if it's there, if that room shot isn't – if there's people in there by the time I get there, I just take the room shot with a few people and a few bodies in there. And that's what it was. Here mm-hmm. I am. I'm documenting the room as best I could in the situation. Um, and unless I know that the couple is like a super detail oriented couple and they just want all those details and they want everything. And I shoot, going wrong, I shoot all the details every way in all ways, shapes and forms. If it can possibly be important to the couple, I try and take it. But like there's some things like that, that it's just like, you know what? This room shot's going to be what it's going to be. You take the room shot and you deliver it as it is in the best or shoot a corner of the room, right? You shoot a corner of the room where there's like five tables. You can get like the, you know, the five tables that look good or something like that. Um, I don't know. Or do it during dinner when all their guests are sitting down. You know, sometimes couples like to see their guests in some shots or you could do a long exposure a little bit later in the night and then everybody will be like walking around, be all blurred. But you guys really, you guys, you're really all about that, right? You guys always get that every time, the empty room shot, try and make it that happen? Nope. nope. Okay. Maybe I was listening to something else. Oh, I, no, I, that's... I uh, that's just pull the fire alarm. Yeah. That actually, one up. time when I was shooting with Dustin, he actually called it a bomb <laughs> threat, and then he quick made me run back to his car. I had to put on, like, a police SWAT uniform, and then <laughs> I had to drive a drone in to do photos of it, you know, pretending that I was and checking video. the room for a and bomb. Video. And then I had to give the all clear. It was real, real crazy. You guys don't keep a like a SWAT bomb threat suit in the back, <laughs> and, and a little robot too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or or she just goes over and she pulls the fire alarm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes that's easier. Right out of the room. There you, you have go. to make sure there aren't sprinklers, though. Right. I don't yeah, know, that dude. Could really you know, put a you, you get a room shot with a bunch of sprinklers going. That's that's going to be beautiful. You throw some flashes in there, really catch all the water in the air. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you backlight those. You backlight all the raindrops. Like, yeah. And that's a really beautiful image. Who needs, you know, of who all needs the waterfalls when you have a sprinkler going off? Okay, I see what you guys are picking up. Mm-hmm. Putting put down, picking up. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. Anyway. Don't, don't bring up waterfalls, man. I had a client, a uh, potential client email me today. 
she was going to get married at a park with like a waterfall. She wanted to get married under the waterfall in Indiana at Cataract Falls in Indiana. And I was so pumped. She was like, you're the only photographer we're talking to. And we're basing the date of our wedding on when you're available. I was like, I got this one in the bag. Sends me a message today. So my sister said she could do it for free. Oh, oh God. <laughs> this is after she told me during the meeting that she wasn't inviting either one of her sisters. And one of her sisters really wanted to come. And I was like, oh, that sister volunteered to do the photography for free just so she could be at the wedding. Just to come. I was like, <laughs> I, knew, I knew during the meeting I should have said to her, like, listen, just invite your sister when she told me she wasn't inviting her sisters. <laughs> but no, I kept my mouth shut. And I was like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I feel like like some people need to find things out the hard way. You know what I mean? That wedding goes terribly. And then, and then the other sister ends up hiring somebody because they, they feel like they realize that, you know, that's that sometimes half the time, you know, people come in and they say those horror stories of it going terribly. Then the the next family member knows, Oh, we actually do need to pay for somebody that knows what they're doing. But I was just so pumped. It's like, how often do you get like an adventure elopement wedding in Indiana under a waterfall? Like that doesn't happen. Now it's not happening for me. <laughs> Just still go shoot it, man. <laughs> Just show up on the day. Yeah. Show that passion. <laughs> Earn that paycheck, Steven. Non-existent paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, I had a I had I had a Chicago wedding inquiry that was that I felt like was I you know I shot a friend's wedding and I felt it was like pretty much in the bag and we we're setting up the meeting and I like set up the meeting. It was like over Skype and that kind of thing. And, but it was like that day that I set it up. And then this other, so like this bank in our area was like, had been trying to set up this one date for the same night. And I never heard back from them for like a few days about shooting this gig. Right. And then like that day, as soon as I set up the meeting with the Chicago girl, the, the bank, says, Hey, you know, we do want you to shoot our event. And how do we make the down payment? Like for the night that I set up her console. And, and so I was like, Oh my God, you know, now I got to deal with trying to trying to reschedule this thing or whatever. And, or maybe I just don't and take the, take the meeting on the Chicago wedding. So, but because it was so close, I was like, all right, I'm going to message this Chicago girl and basically be like, Hey, um, you know, I know that um, we just set this meeting up. If it's okay with you, um, I did have this other event. You know, they've been kind of going back and forth. They do want to hire me that night. Is it okay if we swap, switch the day or do the uh, the meeting later on that mm-hmm. night or, or switch the day? And uh, she responds back. She's like, oh, yeah, that's no problem. Um, that sounds good. And, and okay, go for it. And I'm like, all right, okay. So then I booked this other event. And I offered, I said, I won't take it. You know what I mean? I basically said, you know, like if you, if you want to keep the time, that's totally fine. But if, if you're okay with it, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, we can, if we can move it back a couple hours or the next day. And so she says, go ahead. And then I do. And then I reach back out to, to set up this meeting with this girl and nothing crickets. And then then like a week later, like, Hey, Hey, you know, just checking back in nothing crickets. So I'm like, Oh man, I lost that Chicago wedding because I rescheduled the meeting. But I gave her the option. I said, you know, I don't have to. I'll, I'm happy Steve, to keep the meeting the same. Chicago wedding. What's that? What? Steve, didn't you just book a Chicago wedding? <laughs> no, no, I did not. No, <laughs> Chicago engagements, lots of them, but no weddings. Mm. It's all mm. it's all couples coming from Chicago, making that two hour trip to Indy, so that they can get married much much cheaper than they could in Chicago. Mm. Yeah, mm. Andy, you could have come and visited us. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's not going to happen now. 
Yeah, he would fly, Dustin. Come on. We're a flyover state, Indiana. Fly to Fort Wayne, and then oh, you can crash yuck. here, and then rent a car, drive three and a half hours to Chicago. It's a no-brainer, really. Yeah. So, actually, um, that, that question can lead right into uh, one more that I just wanted to, to bring up tonight. M- maybe maybe that, that's it, or maybe one more. Who knows? But uh, just one other one that I wanted to hit from Molly and this kind of relates. Um, can you guys talk about wedding consults? Do you always have one before a couple officially books you? What do you talk about? If you meet, do you meet at a coffee shop or a winery? Do you pay for the couple? If you're going to a winery or you go to a coffee shop? Um, so far, all of her clients have booked her through email, but I just had her first consultation. Um, and it went well, I think, but I think I could have done better just looking some, for some advice on future consultations. This is from Molly, who has been... Uh, um, you know, active in the group lately. Um, do, do you always have consultations before a couple books you, do you, do you ever just, uh, say, Hey, we want to book you and then go over email. I would love to know how Molly is getting these people who are like, I want to book you over email. (laughs) I don't even want to meet you. I don't want to talk to you on the phone. Nothing. (laughs) And even when a couple does want to do that, when a couple does want to say, hey, we want to pay a deposit, I'm like, great, that, I, I appreciate that, but let's meet. I want to know if you're crazy or not. You know what I mean? Like, I want to, you either come in my office or we meet online, and I want to I want to talk to them every time before they book, even if they want to, even if they think that they want to book ahead of time. Um, right? I mean, do you guys ever have, have, have you ever booked without meeting a couple before? I, I can't even oh, yeah. imagine that. Mm-hmm. You have? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've done that maybe like, two or three times, but anytime a couple initially, even if it's over email and they say they want a book, I'm like, I still set up the meeting first. I want to meet them. I want to talk to them. Oh yeah. I always try to meet with them. Wait, you like talking to people? Absolutely. It was probably definitely over the phone. Uh, usually it's mostly they come from referrals. They're a guest at a certain wedding. They name drop some people. Um, people are really, really excited. They don't want to lose out on the date. They want to book like that night right away. Absolutely. And we'll just say, we'll meet at a later date and try and get that scheduled right away. Mm-hmm. Out of town people, they re- I require a FaceTime or Skype meeting. To make sure they're not catfishing you? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't laugh, man. It's, uh... I, I, I did have this one destination wedding once and, and we never, it was only email and phone and it was a destination wedding. We had no idea what we we're walking into. Wait, are you saying you got catfished? You flew no, 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 to another not, country? Not okay. They, they were, they were, they were out of town. They were out of state, but we never met with them. Kind of, kind of did some Facebook searching. I think I found a profile, but you just never know if that's the real person or not. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a little weird meeting people at the uh, at the hotel for yeah. the first time. Uh, Steve, if you meet at a coffee shop or a winery, do you pay for the couple? Yes, it's a cost of doing business. Uh, like so, before I did wedding photography, you don't, you don't I, have the couple pay for you when you get there. No, hey guys, thanks for meeting me. Um, now I'll pay for my meal. Oh, never, never once. Uh, bef- before I did wedding photography, I owned like a video production company, and when I owned a video production company, it would be like commonplace that people would just book us through email. And, um, I hated that mm-hmm. <laughs> like wedding photography much more where we typically have at least a phone call with somebody before doing anything. And the weird thing for me recently has been every time I meet with a couple, um, and like actually me meeting with them, not like Jen meeting with them and then telling me the story later, but like me meeting with a couple, 
I always offer to pay. Like, I'm like, can I get you guys a drink? Can I get you guys some food? What can I get you? And they're always like so nervous. They just say, no, we're good. And so then like, I'm sitting there because like I showed up early and I got a coffee because I didn't want the like coffee shop to kick me out or whatever. So I'm sitting there like drinking a coffee (laughs) in front of them and they got nothing in front of them. Uh, I usually try to stay away from like ordering food. I just just go with drinks because I feel like that's a little bit more acceptable. But I I would love it if like one time I go to Starbucks and I'm like, yeah, give me six cake pops. And then like the couple shows up and I'm just like eating cake pops in front of them. You guys want one of these? No, no, no. Okay, more for me. (laughs) I don't know why I chose cake pops. (laughs) It's what my kids like from Starbucks. Okay. Uh, Are you still? Do you still meet couples? in coffee shops and that kind of stuff or or steve dustin do you you guys still meet couples in coffee shops or do you have like a space cut out for a little bit okay Um, yeah i think the internet jen and i have like a at our house like we specifically when we were buying a house we bought a house that was big enough we could clear out like we we have like a the space i'm in now is like our office where like our computers our desks everything like that is and we have like a front room and the front room has like uh, photos on the wall of stuff we've shot and photos of us and stuff like that. It's like a nicer meeting place sort of thing. And for a while we were meeting with clients there and we just kind of got sick of it. <laughs> we got sick of having to like yeah. clean the whole house so the clients could mm. come into that front room and maybe use the restroom while they're at our house. Mm-hmm. So now we've yeah. just gone back to meeting at coffee shops and honestly like feel like clients are a little bit more comfortable with that like than rather than like coming to our house um but like for a while jen also had a studio and like i don't know like we didn't re-up on the studio when our lease was up so like obviously she didn't like it very much or enough to re-up on it but i mean part of that was also we were buying a house and we were planning on having space in the house to meet with clients and do shoots and stuff like that and just like now that we've settled into the house, we don't want to meet with clients here anymore. <laughs> Just want right. it to be a place where yeah. we live, not a place where we live and have meetings. Mm. So we, d- we did the same thing w- when we built this house with the idea of beginning to meet clients here. And so we started meeting clients here uh, the last two months. And then recently we've stopped because we realized um, and this could be just my skills as a meeting giver, but, um, it's hard to get clients to leave. Like it's hard to end the client meeting because our meetings are so personality driven and they're so like relational, uh, that we're like trying to become their best friends. Mm-hmm. So they don't, unless they have something they're trying to get to after they talk with us they're they just like to hang out, which is great. And I love that. But then I'm like, okay, you know, we got to get our kids from the, you know, the next door neighbor's house or we, we need to put, you know, go get dinner. Uh, so when we, so we switched back to doing like the Starbucks type thing just so we could be like, well, that was great. Let us know if you have any questions and, uh, you know, we can't wait to talk and then we can walk out. They're welcome to stay at Starbucks, but at least now we have, you know, it's hard to leave your own house mm. or studio and just leave them there. Um, but I, I would like to some when maybe when our kids are a little bit older and our lives are a little bit slower, we can move it back to in home, in studio, because uh, like we built this like 500 square foot studio in our house, um, that currently I just sit in here alone, uh, editing, 
but eventually it'll get used more i hope i dream well also then those photos you have up in that meeting room that have like your children looking happy with like a sign above it that says like when you book and then like your children looking like they're starving and sad (laughs) that says like when you don't book that'll make a lot more sense when you start meeting clients in the house again yeah i mean we thought about doing the thing where like we would train our daughter to like run into the meeting and be like daddy i'm hungry and like depends if they book whether or not we get dinner tonight baby and then like go go back to your porridge or something like that but she's only three so we haven't quite got the acting down yet Neil, why are you not laughing over there? Well, <laughs> oh, I was laughing. <laughs> I, you, <laughs> I, mean, I love Andy. I mean, just I, calls I, him I, out. I, I crack up at this. <laughs> no. <show>, you know, <laughs> like, come on! How could you not laugh at that? That's hilarious. My microphone was on mute. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Our listeners can't see me. <laughs> listeners don't um, know how much the porridge thing really connects with Neil and his love of Goldilocks from when he was a child. So, you know, it, he wasn't laughing so much on the outside because, in, introspectively, just like deep things were going on in his soul, I think. <laughs> See, I'm laughing at that. There you go. <laughs> and Andy's frozen. I think Andy's frozen. Who, who had mentioned that you do a video as well? We both I did, do video. Dustin. Yeah. You, you both do video. Okay, so I kind of had had a conundrum, and I'm I'm doing the wedding right now. A couple of weeks ago, I've I had this videographer who just kind of a uh, little little too intrusive, and I don't, I don't want to bash videographers. I love vid- videographers. Uh, most of them, you know, stay out of my way, and, and vice versa. Mutual respect. We work as a team. But this one guy, never worked with him before, just so intrusive, and whenever I directed the clients, he counter directed, so he was kind of going against me. Um, he beat me to all the locations. So whenever we arrived to a location, he was already working with the bride and groom as if he was the photographer. Um, come to find out when I, well, and, and plus he was always in the way, almost in every single shot of mine. Come to find out when I got home, I had to look this person up and this person does photography as well. And being a photographer themselves, you would think that they kind of like know the rule the cardinal role of know, know the role of, of a videographer. Um, so I've, I've been, this, this was probably one of my, not one of my worst, but it was one of my least best weddings of my career. Um, because of this video guy was person was kind of like just too intrusive. Um, but anyways, I've, I've, I edited the wedding and this person is in a lot of shots. The gears in a lot of shots. um, a lot of the shots are good of the couple, but the gear is in the shots, and it would take way too long to Photoshop, unless they, unless the couple wants to pay for extra ex, all of that expense. Would you guys not deliver those images, or would you still deliver them with the videographer in the photos and the all, all his gear in the photos as well? Yeah, we deliver them. Just as they are with the videographer in them, mm-hmm. it, it would, dude. It would take a lot of Photoshop. So my, but the, remarks... but, the, but the photos of the, like the first dances. I'm I'm talking about first dances yeah. during the ceremony. The videographer is right in there, like with with the with the with the bride kissing her dad. You know, he's he's just like right in there. First mm-hmm. dances. He he's he's all over the place. I I we we both my wife and I we did our best. But he still made quite a bit of shots. Yeah. And I feel like 
I, I need to deliver them just because the the, the, the moments are there. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to deliver them because, you know, he's in the shots. Sure. What, like, what would you guys do? Deliver him. Never deliver recommend him. Dustin again. Uh, sorry, what? <laughs> the whole thing gave me a flashback because one time I worked with Dustin when he was doing video. Oh, oh man. Oh, that's crazy. I, I did a wedding with Steve and... I hired two guys in addition to Steve to shoot video and not in addition to Steve. I was doing photo with my wife and you were doing video. I was thinking of a different wedding. I was thinking of the wedding uh, where you were doing video for me and I had two guys on gimbals. Oh gosh, that was terrible. And they were both getting in each other shots. Yes. You still work with one of them all the time. The other one, I don't think you work with And one I threw under the bus on this very podcast um, <laughs> but Wait, it was the last time we did a joint episode with this very one <laughs> quite possibly. Um, but yeah, I, so what I do with all my clients is I explain to them all of the photos they get the 800 to a thousand photos, whatever, uh, are not edited. Um, they are enhanced via, you know, color correction, exposure, etc. Um, but nothing is edited. Um, so that way they don't have this unrealistic expectation that I'm going in, I'm fixing blemishes and fixing hairs and still keeping up with my two week turnaround time on getting them their photos back. Now, with that being said, they have the ability that to then come back to me and say, Hey, Dustin, this photo with me and my dad dancing, love it. Best photo, favorite photo, want to frame it. However, you can see the videographer in the background. Uh, I know you mentioned we can ask to have some things edited. Um, now that would go to where we have in our contract that for an hourly rate, or I don't remember how we have it worded, but we charge like an editing fee. Um, and with something like that, I might even work with them on price, but I would just simply outsource it to uh, this company called Bespoke Tone. Uh, <laughs> fabulous editors, uh, kind of an asshole of an owner. Um, but yeah, we just refer off to that. Hey, do you guys hear me again? Oh, uh, there we go. Hey, Welcome we can. Back. Well, you can hear me, but you won't, you won't be able to see me. Oh, that's okay. okay. It's like a ghost. Um, so all joking about Dustin aside, because he actually was very kind and good when he did video, he didn't get in our way in Jen and I's way a lot. And he was actually very helpful throughout the day, guiding like the client through stuff. You just wore these crazy, crazy shoes that just ugh, yucked. But uh, Jen and I had a wedding a while back where the videographers literally during the ceremony went up on the stage. Mm. Three of them. Three of them. One was behind the couple, like in between them, behind them on the stage. And the other two were standing. It was like a maybe like 10 foot like deep stage with like steps going up to it. The other two were standing on the steps, like in line with the bride and groom shooting. And they all had like 50 millimeters. And it looked like it looked like insects on the stage, like swarming them. Like, okay, that's taking it a bit far. There are only three of them, but it was, it was, it was bad. And um, for that wedding, Jen and I, and by Jen and I, I mean Jen mostly, uh, all, all 100% Jen went through and like photoshopped the videographers out from the ceremony shots. Um, if they'd gotten in the way on anything else, if we couldn't crop them out, we just wouldn't deliver. But wow. for the That's ceremony, harsh. it was like we had we had to do something because like otherwise, 
even though it's not our fault when the client sees those photos from the ceremony and sees like, hey, look, there's a videographer right in the middle of like our kissing shot or, Mm. you know, passing the rings or putting the rings on or whatever. It's like it ruins the experience for them. And it's like the videographers already kind of ruined the experience on the day. (laughs) So we didn't want them to also ruin the experience uh, when they got the photos back. Kind of sounds, kind of sounds like a uh, films. Was that who that videographer was? No. Oh, it was not. No. whoa! Actually, uh, actually, know exactly who you're talking about. They're out of out of uh, my area, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I have similar thoughts, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Every wedding I've ever done with them, they like to put like a 35 on the bride and groom's face during toasts. Yeah. Thirty-five. Yeah. Toasts are mm-hmm. 70 to 200 when you're shooting them for video. That's what I told them. Why would you ever them? be on a 30? Hmm. Why were you working wow. with them, Dustin? Were you in a, doing a wedding in New York? I do weddings in New York all the time, Steve, before I moved to this great state. <laughs> Jeez, I can't. And films always seems to be the videographer at those weddings. Yeah. But, so Neil, when you when you yep. typically pitch a conundrum, you say how you wrapped it up. How how what what would you do what, what, for your client? Are you still working Actually, on this one? I'm I'm ready. I'm ex- after we record the show. I'm exporting that wedding right now. So right now, I got rid of the videographer as much as humanly possible. But there's just sh- shots in there that I just couldn't crop them out or get rid of them. I can eventually Photoshop him. But it's going to take some time. And if they if they want to pay for it, then they'll have to pay for it. Bespoketone.com, man. Can't go wrong there. <laughs> kind of assholes, but they do a good job. Jen does almost everything with that company. Are you calling my wife an asshole? Co-owner. Co-owner's a total Co-owner's douche. asshole? Yeah, total. Yeah. He is. I agree with that. Total douche. <laughs> Andy, do you have any thoughts now that you're back on uh, what you would do um, if a videographer got in your photos? Um... And we're yeah. and we're talking like real moments, like moments that you shouldn't delete. Right. And I've always said I would if it was a, a situation where they were in a shot that's really nothing that I could do about, I would deliver one of those images most likely. I wouldn't deliver a whole series of them. And it's just kind of almost like a a way to kind of number one show the couple, hey, this was a situation. Um and but I'm not gonna deliver a whole set of them. Um I just want kind of one to kind of show what the situation was so i'll I'll show i'll show a wide angle shot of where the tripods are and where all this stuff is um that kind of thing but i'm not going to obviously try and you know highlight that by any means but at the same time um if they ask me to say hey andy where's the wide angle shot of the church well there it is that's what it was as a from a photojournalistic standpoint that's what mm-hmm. what was happening and there's the shot that's delivered and beyond that um you know I did the best that I could in the provided situation you know to to show the wedding in a way that you would probably want it to be shown okay now what if there's about 20 to 30 images with a drone flying in the background <laughs> <laughs> Neil you didn't say that earlier it just popped in there because I kept them all. No, no, honestly, yeah, I would do, I would do. So in that case, I would do maybe one shot that's like a highlight shot, 
that I would, and, and if it was easy to take the drone out, if it's like one swipe in Lightroom or Photoshop, then fine. You know, I'll do that. I'll take, I'll take it out fairly quickly if it's like one quick thing. But if it's, if there's any kind of work involved, like the drone is halfway between a cloud and the blue mm -hmm. sky, and then it's going to take longer to do like, no way, not, not mm -hmm. taking the time to do that. I'll do it on like one highlight shot. I'll clean it up. Right. The rest I'm going to deliver from a photojournalistic standpoint. Mm -hmm. And then um, if they, you know, if, if it's something that they want to have taken care of from there, they can let me know. And, and what my policy always is, is like, if you're giving me like 10 images to edit, something like that, you want highly, you know, you know, advanced detail edit work, then fine. I'm just going to do like up to 10 beyond that. I'm going to start charging per image. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if they're going to, if, if there's something that they don't like about what was shot and from a photojournalistic standpoint, and, and I'm going to do what I can to show things in the best way possible. But once you get beyond that point, that's my time. And then I need to start charging for it. Yeah. It wasn't a clear blue sky. And plus the drone was about 10 feet behind the couple. So the drone was quite large. It, yeah, wasn't, and that, it wasn't a little dot. Yeah, what, in that was case, it a Phantom or a Mavic or do you know? Uh, it was a DJ, uh, it wasn't a Mavic. It was, it was bigger an than that. Octocopter. <laughs> there was an actual person like on it. <laughs> it was the, uh, the, what's the expensive one? The impression or what is it called? Inspire. The Inspire. And they had a red, red 4k camera yep. hanging off of it. Yep. <laughs> guys, I, I know you guys use drones. You go into the drone zone and all that kind of stuff. But let me ask you a philosophical question. Here's oh, my philosophical boy, here question. Yeah. Here it yeah. is. Yep. Is a photograph better because it's shot from a higher angle? 100% no. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless it called for it. Okay. That's what I like to ask because a lot of people... Where's the philosophy in that question? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, for, from a aesthetics point of view, that's you know from a philosophical well, aesthetic point of view. that question to a man who has a garage full of ladders. <laughs> <laughs> There's some truth to that as well. Yeah, I I, I feel like a lot of a lot of. Um, people that have drones especially videographers that maybe aren't schooled in photography or have an art background or, or just kind of like fell into it they get a drone and they shoot with the drone because it's higher it looks better right because mm -hmm. it was shot from a higher angle oh it must be better and i'm not saying that drone shots can't be amazing but you have to know why you're doing what you're doing and why you're actually doing it rather than just shooting it because it's from a high angle so therefore it's well, better some, some of it in all honesty in today's age andy uh is just simply a marketing tool so like when we're trying to book video uh we're promoting the shit out of the fact that we include <laughs> drone footage yeah. in our videos because on a local level there's only a handful of other people that do video that also do drone stuff um so we actually in, are those other people just, licensed to do drone stuff or nope so so they're just of, like you okay got it exactly so <laughs> instead of just showing wedding videos with drone footage listeners yeah. if you want to contact the federal communications commission um yeah. i think it's the fta you contact actually no yeah. no no go with what andy said um <laughs> contact the fcc <laughs> but um we instead of just including drone shots in our wedding videos and expecting the bride and groom to understand that, you know, drone shots may or may not happen on their wedding day, we actually make it a line item on our pricing. Um, that, you know, we, in, in, for this price point, we include drone coverage. 
Um, yeah. what now, what that includes, you know, we'd like to leave that rather vague. Um, sometimes that's us coming on a different day to get those drone shots. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going to shoot it on the day, mm-hmm. but, uh, they see that and they're like, Oh my God, this guy's got a drone hunt. Where do we sign? Having worked with Dustin before though, too, uh, Dustin, when I was doing photos and he was doing videos and the weddings I've worked with him where I'm like second shooting video for him while his like a uh, video team is r- up and running, you know, uh, Dustin actually like and schedules they're out they're time. Running. Yeah. Dustin schedules out time on the day to do drone shots where like photos aren't mm-hmm. happening so that he can get those shots that he needs without having like drones in the photos. So like thinking to your old video editor, Aaron's wedding, like you actually had like a time set for, we're going to do um, like drone shots outside of the venue. And we didn't do like any photos or any other video while you were doing the drone shots. It was 100% drone time. And like the wedding we shot at Purdue together, you had like a whole like drone thing planned. And Dustin, I gave him a hard time. Dustin actually does hire like a guy a lot of the time. Or actually, every wedding I've worked with you, you where you were doing video, the person operating the drone was a licensed drone operator. Mm-hmm. See, or it just wasn't you. The only time so I've actually been with you where you flew a drone day. was when we were in Sierra Leone. <laughs> eh, we're out of the country, then. yeah, out of the country. So <laughs> rules don't apply, right? That's right. But yeah, he, he doesn't actually like schedules time so that we don't have those moments like Neil had where there's a drone in the background of your photos. Cause mm-hmm. honestly, that's just super like, it takes people out of the moment. Like the drones are yeah, so man. loud and obnoxious, especially during a ceremony, like during a ceremony, just for the love of God, please don't, you know, like, right. Am I right about that? Andy, I have you mind. had somebody use oh, a drone yeah. in a ceremony? Yes, and it's and it's yeah, unbelievable. It's obnoxious. It's like, Las what Vegas. are you thinking? Yeah, Las it's Vegas. Wow. Yeah, Ambitious. and um, this this guy, this videographer, uh, when the bride and groom were running out of the church, you know, there's only about 100, 150 people sitting, you know, standing outside the church. He had the drone flying right over them. I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know. That's weekend. that's that's a little dangerous. Yes. You're never supposed to fly the drone over people. That's <laughs> no, crazy. Just 100, 150 people, you know, kids, all that stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I did it during a ceremony last weekend. It was an outside ceremony, secluded next to oh, a okay. river. So, so if we can just take a second, Dustin, Neil, Andy, do you guys want to say something about how much you hate people like Dustin real quick who fly the drone during ceremonies? <laughs> well, um, or so do you want me to cover that point, since I, you guys already did a little bit? I've, I typically fly my Phantom, uh, which is for those of you out who don't know, is really loud. Yeah. And I've recently started migrating everything over to using the Mavic, which is the smaller, lighter, more compact drone. And so in my mind, I was thinking, oh, this is much quieter. But I was like, ah, I still don't want to do this. This would be really, really disruptive. And then my second shooter, who was kind of playing the part of me that day, uh, was like, Dustin, no, you should really fly. It's not that loud. Just kind of come up over that tree line over there, kind of get a shot and then, you know, you'll be fine. And so I did it and I was like, oh, I'm still too far away to really make anything out from that tree line. So I just slowly crept in and then I'm standing like, you know, in the parking lot, you know, pretty far away. And I'm like, I can hear it from here. So that means they can really hear it over there. I'm having an anxiety attack listening to you tell this story. How much money or albums or prints or canvases are you giving to this couple? 
Jeez. Uh, let's just say as soon as the ceremony was over, they didn't even, they didn't, the couple didn't even realize the drone was overhead, but I did see while flying the drone, several guests look up. So I, I know that people knew it was happening. The couple realized Dustin, they were just too nice to say anything about how you ruined their wedding day because they're waiting to talk to their lawyer and then they'll sue you. No, I think they're going to be excited when I incorporate that bird's eye view of their ceremony happening. Yeah, there they got a, yeah, they got a the drone photographer shot. may never recommend me again, but yeah. So I I was shooting a wedding a few weeks ago, and the videographers showed up in t-shirts and jeans, and they had their they had their uh, you know drone ready to go, right? And we're out there. It's the sun shot 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 stuff and and the beautiful light everything's happened and amazing and then they're coming in with their drones and i'm like oh, whatever you know it's you know, i'll swipe it out if i need to and then what lo and behold what happens it starts going over to the right to the left to the right right into a tree and i'm like ah <laughs> sweet justice for all you know <laughs> we we've been recording for a really long time andy do you want to wrap this up the way you guys I, normally do i think it's about time um Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of Wedding Photographers Unite and the Wedding Photo Hangover combined with the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast. Guys, thanks for uh, jumping on. Thank you, Andy. Pleasure to have everybody here. And uh, I guess uh, we can just say, uh, Mr. Steve Van Elk, where can people find you? You can find me at Steven Van Elk on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and everywhere. Just and no spaces. Mr. Mm-hmm. Dustin McKibben. Uh, People who would like to find me, uh, you can just go to the Wedding Photo Hangover Instagram account, and that is perfectly fine with me there. But if you really, really want to see my work, uh, you can find it over at our wedding page, which is Dustin and Corinne on Instagram. And Mr. Urban. NeilUrban.com, N-E-A-L-U-R-B-A-N, and you can follow me on social media. All the links are on my website. And I am. Soon to come, many pictures of ladders. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. There's already a couple. And wedding photos with videographers in the background. Yes. But Mr. Andy Buscemi, where can people find you? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, my name's Andy. The last name is Buscemi, B-U-S-C-E-M-I. Google me. Find me on social media that way. Uh, thanks, everybody. Good time, as always. Uh, you guys are great. And a pleasure, as always.